welcome to the cathedral, and especially if you're visiting with us uh, this evening, nice to have you here. Um, if you're uh, joining us on the live stream on YouTube, we welcome you as well. And if you're listening in by way of the audio podcast, welcome to you. I don't think there's anything really that needs to be announced unless someone has something they're aware of. We're um, going to worship this evening using the Book of Common Prayer. So that's the maroon-colored small book in your pew. And we begin with a penitential service, which you'll see beginning on page 611. Page 611. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Brothers and sisters, in the primitive church it was the custom to observe with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection and to prepare for the same by a season of penitence and fasting. This season of Lent provided also a time in which converts to the faith were prepared for holy baptism. It was also a time when such persons as had, by reason of notorious sins, been separated from the body of the faithful, were reconciled and restored to the fellowship of the church, by penitence and forgiveness. Thereby, the whole congregation was put in mind of the message of pardon and absolution contained in the gospel of our Savior, and of the need which all Christians continually have of a renewal of their repentance and faith. I therefore invite you, in the name of the Church, to the observance of a holy Lent, by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditation upon God's holy word. And as we continue standing, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you despise nothing you have made and forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our brokenness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And we'll be seated now for the first reading.
A reading from the book of Joel. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering, a drink offering for the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly, gather the people. Sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her candle. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God? Here endeth the lesson. As we continue seated, the psalm is a portion of Psalm 103, verses 8 to 14. And as we sing, we'll continue to be seated. Amen. 
The epistle is written in the fourth chapter of the letter of James, beginning at the sixth verse. But he gives all the more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into dejection. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers and sisters. Whoever speaks evil against another or judges another speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. Here ends the lesson. Jesus said, and 
whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of God. Praise to you, Christ. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Perhaps the epistle of James offers some worthwhile instruction on a day like Ash Wednesday. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What does it mean, do you suppose, to be double-minded? Well, surely it's as simple as holding two incompatible and opposing notions together at the same time. At the time of the Protestant Reformation, there was an attempt to bring about a full-scale cleanup operation in terms of the faith of Christian believers. After a millennia and a half of Christian worship, people like Zwingli and Calvin and Luther and in the Anglican tradition our very own Thomas Cranmer set out to correct what they considered to be serious distortions in practice, devotion, and theology. The 16th century was a time of enlightenment, and the church was to feel the full brunt with all being expected to think through the faith. Traditions that surround Ash Wednesday are a perfect example of how those changing ideas impacted the church's teaching and worship life, and still do. In fact, most Reformed traditions did away with the liturgical seasons and practices altogether. 
I can remember when I was rector of the parish of Grand Bay, we used to have an early seven o'clock Eucharist and imposition of ashes, and it worked well for some of the folks who were headed into the city for work, and they would come by at seven, and they would uh, they would get their ashes and, and Eucharist before they um, before they went to work. And I remember this one Wednesday, I happened to stop at the Dairy Queen there in Grand Bay to pick up a coffee on my way home, and I encountered one of my colleagues, one of the pastors from. Uh, a church in the community. And we were standing in line together, and he looked at me and he said, um, you've got a bit of dirt there on your forehead. <laughs> and I said, yeah, 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 I know. He said, no, no. He said, you really do. You have some dirt there on your forehead. Like, do you want me to get it off for you? Or uh, I said, yeah. I said, I... I'm sure I do. He said, listen, you don't get it. I'm telling you. You have dirt on your forehead. Many of those denominations who did away with all of those practices have realized in recent years, I think, that they may have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. So the gospel passage appointed today is a part of chapter 6 in Matthew's gospel and in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. It's been said that in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus sets out to pit the inner against the outer. That is, for the Christian, it's not about what we do on the outside, but what we believe on the inside. That it's a matter of the heart. We've heard it said that Christians should be suspicious of material piety and dramatic liturgical practice. Such judgments deem Ash Wednesday liturgies theologically unsupportable. Even more, that if we practice an outward sign, we introduce a contradiction that should be avoided at all cost. That we are being then double-minded. So don't the rubrics call on us to read out Jesus' injunction against sackcloth and ashes on fast days and then proceed immediately to disobey it by smearing a cross of ashes on worshippers' foreheads? Isn't Ash Wednesday all about raising our awareness of the need for confession and the reality that the human creature is as good as dead. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. You know, there may not be a more sobering statement throughout the church year than that one. It's hardly meant to depress us, though, Rather, 
it's only a statement of reality. If we've forgotten who and what we really are or deny the truth of our mortal existence, Ash Wednesday is the invitation to bring it to mind. And so we begin our preparation for Easter with ashes. Does Jesus create a contradiction here? Does his teaching require double-mindedness? Well, I've often found it helpful to pay close attention to the whole of what he said. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. Jesus says, beware. So when you fast, don't wear sackcloth and ashes and look dismal, he says. If we do the outward thing in order to be seen, Jesus says, beware. What you do in secret, the Father sees in secret, he instructs. Jesus didn't say, don't do it. He said, beware of your reason for doing it. If your intention for receiving ashes today is just so that you can show others that you are holier than they are, Jesus says, beware. I think the final verse then begins to make some sense. It may seem counterintuitive. The outward is not unimportant. Jesus says the outward act can, in fact, even lead the heart to where it needs to go. That what is regarded as valuable Where your treasure is, there, there will your heart be also. Amen. We're going to continue now in an attitude of penitence and offer to God our confession for our sin. I invite you to turn in your prayer book to Psalm 51, and you'll find that beginning on page 394, Psalm 51 page 300 
and 94. And we're going to say this psalm, verses 1 to 17. So the whole of the psalm down to the break on the next page, verses 1 to 17. We'll read responsibly by the half verse. And as we do that, and if it's possible for you, I invite you to kneel. Have mercy upon me, O God, after thy great goodness. According to the multitude of thy mercies, away my offenses. Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness. And cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my faults. Against thee only have I sinned and done that which is evil in thy sight. But thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and clear when thou dost judge. Behold, I was brought forth in wickedness. And in sin hath my mother conceived. But lo, thou requirest truth in the inward parts. And shalt make me to understand wisdom secretly. Thou shalt purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Thou shalt wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Thou shalt make me hear of joy and gladness. That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Turn thy face from my sins. And put out all my sins. Make me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. O give me the comfort of thy help again. And establish me with a free spirit. Then shall I teach thy ways unto the wicked. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, that thou art the God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips. And my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest no sacrifice, else would I give it. And thou delightest not in burnt offerings. 
The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, shalt thou not despise. And we'll continue now back on page 612. Page 612, the middle of the page. Lord, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, save thy servants. Send unto them help from above. And ever more lightly defend them. Help us, O God, our Savior. And for the glory of thy name, deliver us. O Lord, hear our prayer. Almighty God, thou hast created us out of dust. Grant that these ashes may be unto us a sign of our mortality and penitence, that we may remember that only by thy gracious gift are we granted everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
And we continue on page 613. Let us pray. O Lord, we beseech Thee mercifully, hear our prayers and spare all those who confess their sins unto Thee, that they whose consciences by sin are accused by Thy merciful pardon may be absolved. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. O most mighty God and merciful Father, who hast compassion upon all, and hatest nothing that Thou hast made, who wouldest not the death of a sinner, but that he should return rather from his sin and be saved. Mercifully forgive our trespasses, receive and comfort us who are grieved and wearied by the burden of our sins. Thy property is always to have mercy, to thee only it appertaineth to forgive sins. Spare, O Lord, spare thy people whom thou hast redeemed. Enter not into judgment with thy servants, who truly repent us of our faults, but so make haste to help us in this world, that we may ever live with thee in the world to come, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we say together, Turn thou us, O good Lord, and so shall we be turned. Be favorable, O Lord, be favorable to thy people, who turn to thee in weeping, fasting, and praying. For thou art a merciful God, full of compassion, long-suffering, and of great pity. Thou sparest when we deserve punishment, and in thy wrath thinkest upon mercy. Spare thy people, good Lord, spare them, and let not thine heritage be brought to confusion. Hear us, O Lord, for thy mercy is great, and according to the multitude of thy mercies, look upon us through the merits and mediation of thy blessed Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we continue with the offertory before the Eucharist. I beseech you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service.
Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, forever and ever. All that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. All things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. We continue now on page 78 of the Book of Common Prayer with the thanksgiving and consecration. As you kneel, let us pray. The Lord be with you. Evermore praising thee and saying, 
blessing and glory and thanksgiving be unto thee, almighty God, our heavenly Father, who of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to take our nature upon him and to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption. Who made there by his one oblation of himself once offered a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice, oblation, and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world and did institute and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memorial of that his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we most humbly beseech thee and grant that we receiving these thy creatures of bread and wine, according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it in remembrance of me. Wherefore, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, we thy humble servants with all thy holy church, remembering the precious death of thy beloved Son, his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, and looking for his coming again in glory, do make before thee in this sacrament of the holy bread of eternal life and the cup of everlasting salvation, the memorial which he hath commanded. And we entirely desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. And we pray that by the power of thy Holy Spirit, all we who are partakers of this holy communion may be fulfilled with thy grace and heavenly benediction. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, by whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Amen. Peace of the Lord be always with you. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen.
just remind you that if you are a guest or a visitor with us this evening, the Anglican Church welcomes you, and if it is your custom to make communion in your home church and you are baptized, you're most welcome to do that here this evening. There are gluten-free hosts available for those who need them. If um, you feel that you would like to come forward as a member of the family of God, but not necessarily make communion, um, just placing your arms across your chest in this way will request a blessing. And I might also mention that um, we're not practicing intinction at the moment. So if um, you only want to receive from uh, receive the host and not from the common cup, then simply just do that and, uh, and, and pass the cup by. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given for thee, preserved thy body and soul unto everlasting life.
Turn with me, if you will, to page 614. Page 614. And there, just a little way down the page. And as you kneel, let us pray. Together, Lord, for thy tender mercy's sake, lay not our sins to our charge, but forgive that is past, and give us grace to amend our sinful lives, to decline from sin and incline to virtue, that we may walk with a perfect heart before thee now and evermore. Remember, O man, that dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Lord, hear our prayer. O God, our Father, who makest thy Son to rise upon the evil and upon the good, and sendest rain upon the just and upon the unjust. Help us to love our enemies and to forgive those who trespass against us, that we may receive of thee the forgiveness of our sins and be made thy children in spirit and in truth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, both now and evermore. Amen. Amen.